The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by a mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with guaranteed unpaid overtime. Where sexual assault is so common, you get to sign a waiver promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, alcoholism, bulimia, hallucinations, loss of integrity, complete loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, as well as excessive chapping of the lips from kissing everyone's ass. If you have these or any other side effects or begin to question your life choices, please contact your therapist because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. G'day guys, welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. I love that I do that intro every time, but I'm like a wickedly loyal to Hollywood. I freaking love the industry. Paramount is, you know, my, my mothership. So it's funny. I do. I make fun of it. But my God, I do love the industry, though it has taken a bit of a dark twist lately. I'd like to, of course, speaking of dark twists, <laughs> introduce my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage or the biggest hairball in the cage, depending on which perspective you're looking at it from. My co-host, Bear Fjorda. Welcome to the show, Snuggy Bear. Thank you. I appreciate it. Always fun being on you. And I'll tell you what, your industry, speaking on uh, you being loyal, has ruined my insight. I can't look at a movie now without breaking it down in ways I never thought about before. Why? Well, for one, how much product placement's in it, <laughs> uh, how much it probably costs, how much the act is probably worth, why that CG's bad versus the CG, what's can't be, what's not. I don't care about all that. I just want to enjoy the movie. I mean, I can't anymore. Well, then stop watching movies with me. You also me. made me hate Harry Potter uh, and uh, what is it? I love Harry Potter. Uh, Harry Potter and the uh, Goblet of Fire, the movie. That was a stupid it, movie. It was a pretty <laughs> No, the whole movie. premise. Like, okay, well, he, he set up this entire competition for Harry Potter to go grab the Goblet of Fire and be transported to the graveyard, right? That is correct. That's fabulous. At any point, Moody had a relationship with Harry. Why didn't he just, like, you know, make a port key out of a teacup and send him at any other point? He didn't need to do it in such a fantastic way. Way. I mean, the whole point was Voldemort's trying to keep everything quiet at that point. Mm. So Moody chose the worst way, or fake Moody chose the worst way of doing it possible. We could have just handed him a teacup when no one was around. Ta-da, problem solved. Maybe Voldy wasn't ready yet. Cool. Then he could have done it while Harry Potter was at the competition. Be like, here, here's a bag of popcorn. Harry Potter's now in the graveyard. Can you make a porky out of a bag of popcorn? It, you could make it out of the bag. <laughs> the point is, That's reasonable, the, the third suppose, Harry yeah. Potter was just dreadful, but... Number five was it. I like that. I I, lo I love the Harry Potter series. I don't know what to tell you. I, yeah, that's fair. But they get yeah. they get dark. In the industry movies. can be a little can be a little little dark. But right now we do have a crossover between the film industry and real life. Which yeah, what's that? Is not good uh, with what's going oh. on with Gabby Petito because a lot of the film industry has moved online. She's gotten very very well known since her murder, which is dreadful. I She's don't quite wanna... a talented young girl. You know, it's kind of awful when you think about this. Um, this is the most famous she's ever been, and it's be and it's not even because of something that she could control. It's because she lost her life. That's to me. It's I don't ridiculous. think anyone would make that trade. 
Yeah, no, of course not. Like, she wanted to be famous, but not like this. Insane people would make that trade. I think the most heartbreaking thing is it's it's due to a guy that she was very, very much in love with. Yeah, no, I remember hearing about that for the first time and didn't think a whole lot about it because it, it just didn't seem like, oh, okay, maybe maybe this is more of a stunt. You know, this is kind of like... No, no, no. If, if, I, if, I was, if I was his publicist, mm-hmm. uh, now that I'm saying this out loud, nobody is allowed to use this. But uh, I would have, if I was him, yeah, and I was advising him from yeah. a publicity standpoint, I'd like to remind everyone before I say this, I, I'm not doing it. I've stopped helping bad people as much. I'm just really good You're at my job. You're not allowed to help murderers. I, I would never help a murderer. I don't, and I don't help guys uh, at work that are accused of, of touching kids. Like I, those are my lines. Good. You beat a woman, you touch a kid. I won't save your reputation. But if he was smart. He should have claimed that the sex was if, – if he strangled her, he should have claimed it happened mid-coitus and immediately turned it in, claimed it as like she was really into this, blah, 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 and blamed her for it, ruined her reputation that way. Or he should have gone after her reputation before he disappeared by saying this whole thing was a publicity stunt that she decided on and he was just going along with it. Mm-hmm. And clearly it went wrong because that would have fractured her image in the press. None of that is true, by the way. Disclaimer, she didn't do anything wrong. No, we're just talking about – apparently we're talking about tactics for the villain to have taken that, over. That's a point. good tactic for the villain to take over. Yeah, no kidding. But, I, again, once I learned the whole story, I nothing in my brain has and still hasn't convinced me that he's innocent. Oh, I think he's guilty. I think he's 100% Innocent people guilty. don't run like that. I don't know. I'm just saying I could have saved his reputation, but then again, if Lance Armstrong hired me, he'd still have his medals. And now I'm cool with the lawyer advising him if he was – let's say he didn't run away, if he was advised to not say anything but stuck around, stuck in the public eye, still Lex. was leading a normal life. That to me, it wouldn't say innocent, but it would maybe say there's something else going on that we're not aware. Perhaps that's more of a – publicity stunt gone wrong and he's trying not to ruin her name but he no. he full-on took off he left i, I, I don't know actually i'm excited our guest today is michelle pence she's the creator of the uh crime shack podcast it's a true po- crime podcast that delves into details of various crimes around the world she focuses on factual information on each case giving voices to the victims as well as a personal perspective and commentary so she's our guest today i'm really excited uh, we got Bear and I sitting here arguing back and forth. I'm like, here's how you save the guy's reputation. Snuggy Bear's just like, eh, well, you could do that. You know, I, I'm looking forward to someone uh, clearly more experienced <laughs> and intelligent the, than us. Probably more information, too. I'd more love to information, learn more about yeah. this case. Um, and if they maybe have any leads on where this guy's going or where he is. and well, they got tons what, of calls. What in. I think's interesting with her as well mm-hmm. is she's an outdoor enthusiast and a high class Oh, sale. I thought that So too. Michelle, like, Michelle really does know where they were and what they were doing. Yeah. So I find it really interesting with her perspective. I think we're going to get insight that we otherwise wouldn't have. Otherwise, it's just you and I arguing back and forth and agreeing with each other. Like, he's guilty! Well, one thing is true. If you guys, if you it out is there making love, me rethink the death penalty, and I don't even believe in the death penalty. Yeah. And one thing is true. If you are an avid hiker, outdoorsy person, don't date somebody who tries to hide your ID from you because they don't want you to go anywhere. It will end in murder. That's a pretty solid line right there. It, you know, I think that just goes in the category of abusive relationships. Not Absolutely. all abusive relationships end in murder, but most domestic murders come from abusive relationships. Yeah, you know, taking away. Away phones, IDs, what car keys. That said, I it's did hide all, all, What is it? All crowns are diadems, not all diadems are crowns. This exactly. is the same concept. Most murders are a result of um, 
an, an abusive relationship when it comes to domestic murders. But not all domestic abusers turn to murder. The, That's the true. short, Sometimes the they sh- get out beforehand. Yeah, the short version of this is: don't date shitbags. Yeah, that's another one. Uh, I I don't know. Like all of this being said, I think looking at it from this perspective, though, also puts a lot of onus on her. That's very, very unnecessary. What do you mean? Well, we're saying don't date this shitty guy. But the reality is Mm -hmm. when people get trapped in abusive relationships or they get trapped in those situations, sometimes they don't even see it. She was stuck in a situation where she's living in a house with his parents. Right. She's on the road with him and she's been isolated from her family. Intentionally or unintentionally. Mm -hmm. You know, people move away from their parents all the time. They grow up. They move on. It happens. I don't think the parents had any idea what's going on, and it broke my heart. I watched on Dr. Phil, her family, Mm. talking, and it was just shattering to hear them say, you know, they want to get her home alive. And, of course, right after that, they found her body. And I think it's so interesting to see so many people Mm. reaching out and helping with this case in a way that we've not seen social media get as active before. Everyone's looking through their footage. Everyone's got a cell phone. Everyone's recording these. Well, is days. this our face? Is this our first major social media case that we've had? We've had a no? few social media cases. This is the first one that blew up because she was a social media a, a social media icon. staple. Right, she will be like an icon a, now, but she was a staple. Sorry, staple. Kind of like when a celebrity dies. Sort of, um, but because she was a YouTuber, she had her own following there. Yeah. So I, I find the whole thing very, very bizarre. I think it's. I think this is the future of how sleuthing is going to go. The flip side of this, there are a lot of cases missing Native women. Uh, they found bodies for other people that were missing that have been missing for years and months. A lot of other cases have come yeah. up now. A lot of people are reporting they're missing family members of loved ones again because of all that's going on. And so it's it's really interesting to see this one get so much attention. Yeah, you know, it's one thing. She's her main following was on Instagram, and those guys. I can say this: Instagram and YouTube following is very, very loyal. Loyal. Uh, I like to believe that my TikTok following would try and do all they could to find my murderer, but they no. probably just make memes out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've I've seen the things your TikTokers uh, do uh, with your picture. The, yeah, no kidding on on the on the little not forums but on the discords. I've seen. I think them. one of them put my face on a, on a picture of, on a picture of a sperm cell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a lucky one to make it. Yeah. But your mates, like you've made friends with a lot of people. Oh, on your, that's the next thing. And that's good friends off there. And I think that makes the difference. You've made friends off of it. I think she did. I'm too. sure she did as well, which is how she would have had uh, so much support going on. That happens as well. You make friends with people who follow your page. It just what goes on. Oh, boy. It's just a sad case all around, but I'm looking to get into it. I'm looking to talking more about it. Of course, hearing from our export, our export, our expert today. But she's going to export her knowledge to she's us. She's going to export her knowledge to us. That's fair enough. Absolutely. But I'm excited about it. I'm a fan of hers. Um, now, if you guys get a chance, check out the Crime Shack podcast. It is very, very good. Um, and I Crime know, Shack and podcast, it's Prime. and it's very. <sighs> sometimes it can be hard to watch. I think any crime podcast any crime show and any it can be a little depressing at times yeah but i like i, I was psycho watched her. but i was thinking we need the information yeah but i you psycho also watched check her. out on shell's crime shack on tiktok you want, to, you want to like a shorthand version of this information now here's, here's something that i don't know if we'll have time to get into because there's only two minutes till but we can definitely bring it up uh what do we make of the obvious abuse and attack on brian before the murder do you think it was 
her who clawed him up? Do you think he would have done it to himself? Because he's been adamant about denying her doing anything. And she obviously didn't admit it no, to the No, she, she for, sure put, for sure put his hands on her. But one of the most insidious ways abusers abuse, mm-hmm. uh, this happened to a friend of mine mm-hmm. um, that you know, actually. But she was in a relationship with this guy and he convinced her, genuinely convinced her that no one around her would believe her or listen to her or, or care about her really. Mm. And so she just continued to brainwash herself saying nobody cares in this case. Why would this girl call out for help if she believes nobody cares? That's true. I, I just would hate this as much as this has turned out, I'd become really much a Gabby Petito fan or at least on her side. So I would not want to find out that she's the abusive one. And this was an act out of, last resort and anger and frustration and sadness. On well, his if part. he's smart, he'll say that. Of course If he's he smart, will. he'll say she consistently another, another abused me. That, that the bad guy it, might It won't work here. as well as turning it into a publicity stunt gone wrong. Publicity stunt will work better, but he, he could take that tactic. Uh, now let's stop giving him ways to save himself uh, and let's talk to an expert. Guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with the fabulous Michelle Vince talking about all things crime-related, specifically the Gabby Petito case. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fiora. We'll be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and rental cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips, and tactics spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. 
Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fielder, talking to Michelle Pence. She's a host of the Crime Shack podcast. I love her. She's one of my favorite YouTubers. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Hi, thank you for having me. Huh? Well, how are you feeling I, I know today? I keep calling I keep calling TikTokers YouTubers. I can't get it right. Oh, I no, mix sorry. up I know. TikTok, I, I, yeah. Alexis in the back, she's like, why do you keep calling TikTok YouTube? She's like, this is the third time. Get it right. My whole job is to sell. Uh, I, I, I um, make people famous in the media, and I'm very good at it. I also get people out of trouble. You think at this point I could learn the difference between TikTok and YouTube? You think I could get that together? No, apparently not. But it's okay. We love you anyways. Thanks. I've called you a YouTuber a few times as well, Bear. That's that's true, though. Yeah, you just starting a YouTube is not you being a YouTuber. Uh, well, I you think know. you should do a, a, a YouTube, by the way, Michelle. Just saying. All right. So do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am the creator and host of the Crime Shack podcast. It's a true crime podcast that I discuss the details of various crime cases around the world. I also focus on the facts of each case, very fact-heavy, and like to provide the voices of the victims as well as adding my own personal perspective and commentary. What do you think about what's going on with Gabby Petito now? It's, it's really taken over social media. It has, and it's. I think it's it's shocking on one hand. I think a lot of people are, are shocked about how much media attention it's getting. On the other hand, just from my own experience, I know when I cover anyone that is involved in social media, particularly, and we have a you know somebody who is involved in YouTube, somebody who is involved in Instagram. Anytime you have somebody involved in social media, it blows up in the news. Oh yeah, um, that is from my own experience. So. Um, I think that's the reason why, or part of the reason why, we have such a um, intense media frenzy around this particular case, as well as it involves something that's very relevant and very sort of unquote trendy right now, which is van life, living out of a van, traveling around the country. That is something that is super relevant right now and that a lot of younger adults can relate to. It's something that I think a lot of people can go, you know, I want to do that. I want to live that that outdoors life and have that freedom. And so I think those are things that really resonate with a lot of people right now in this particular case. Well, our first question on Twitter is, do you think he's guilty? So they just jumped into that right off the didn't bat. Even, they uh, did, yeah, they didn't even come up with anything. <laughs> well, then I'll respond by saying van life sounds kind of fun, but I like bathing regularly. So that's the only thing I might have trouble with. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, and I think there's there's the – I heard somebody use the term glam life, uh, living out of a van which had a shower inside. So, yeah, there's there's definitely options there for sure. Ooh, that do sounds you, fun. Do you think Brian's alive? I do. Um, I, I've heard a lot of people talking about possible, you know, him taking his life, possibly taking his life. I don't believe that's the case. In viewing the, particularly the body cam footage that occurred with the Moab Police Department, they stopped the couple in the van they were driving erratically. I think everybody has seen that on YouTube or on the news. That footage is very telling in his behavior as a person. And 
I think he's the type of person that definitely is scared to death right now of what's going on with the police, what's going on in the search. But I definitely think he's alive, and I'll, I'll tell you why. He took the time to drive from Wyoming to Florida. He had plenty of time to think. He could have done something in Wyoming at the time that the incident occurred, but he didn't. He took the time. He traveled what I'm assuming is several days across country to Florida, talked with his family, we're assuming, spoke with his family, and then all of a sudden went missing or went into hiding. So all of that scenario tells me that, yes, he's alive. I find it interesting. There was He used her credit card on Thursday. So it, it right. kind of... Oh, they're saying they're saying that, or it could have been a charge that finally went through on Thursday. Either way, I don't think that would be happening as well if he if he was gone. So I would I would agree with you if he was going to off himself. I think he'd have mm-hmm. done it right after it happened. Do you think right. this was something calculated? Do you think this was a crime of passion? Do you think it was heat of the moment? I do think it was a crime of passion. I do believe, based on their behavior that we've seen and what their friends have said about their relationship, their relationship was obviously one that was physical. There was hitting. They admitted to hitting each other. Um, and when you have a physical relationship like that, I think it can it can increase in possible uh, domestic violence, other forms of physical altercations. And I do believe my theory is they got into a fight, they got into an argument, and it happened during that moment. It got very physical, and it just increased from there. So definitely I don't believe it was something that was premeditated. This is a young couple who were engaged. They were traveling around the country together, and it was obvious that there were little things along the way that were building up to this moment, and definitely it it resulted in just an explosion. Um, that's, that's what I believe. Definitely it was heat of the moment and not a planned event. Yeah, it, it definitely comes across that way with I, – I would think that if he planned this, he may have planned some kind of exit strategy, at least I – could only imagine that case. But this all seems very last minute panicking kind of reaction. He's just hiding. I think Dr. Phil did a kind of a good breakdown about talking to, for that as well. When it came time for them to be separated by the on police order, he let the situation when they had uh, their first breakup. And I think it was him who left the situation. And then finally here, after he murdered the body, he's just or murdered the person, not the body. He just took off again. So it does sound like he's just, Panicking, running away, hoping to escape the whole situation, not be a part of it. Something I was asking Summer earlier, and I'm actually curious about getting your opinion on it, too. Um, as far as their relationship goes, obviously, the the majority of people are going to believe that Brian's the one who uh, who kill, killed her. I don't know why I can't stream worse together. But who do you think would have started this altercation? Mm-hmm. As to me, seeing that body cam footage, I would think she's probably the more aggressive person in the relationship. So I'm wondering, did he do it out of, could this possibly be a self-defense case? Could this possibly be a, uh, maybe, uh, by criminal insanity, he lost all control because of years of abuse or something to that regard. If he's smart, he'll say it was. (laughs) 
Right, exactly right. Yes, and I, I do believe that he is definitely going to pull that card. He is going to use that video, that dash cam video, which is great for him. It's a great defense for him of, look, the cops even agreed she was the aggressor. This is what I have. She attacked me. I had to defend myself. So that is a key piece of evidence, I think, for him to use in his defense because he's got he's even got support of the cops there. So, yeah, as far as who attacked who, I believe that their argument possibly had something to do with that police stop. I think that added to it. But I don't know for certain if she was the aggressor or not. And I say that because there was a lot of signs in that police interview of initially her. If you if you watch the if you watch the footage, as soon as they open that door, as soon as they approach Gabby, she says, I was distracting him when he was driving. She's taking the blame taking right blame. off the bat. Yeah. Absolutely. Sign of taking the blame. And you could see that amount of control through the video. She is blaming everything on herself. I have OCD. I, you know, I tend to be mean. She's taking a lot of the blame, and it almost sounds like she is reiterating something that maybe he's told her. You're mean. You have OCD. What's wrong with you? And putting a lot of that on her, and she's taking it. So I'm not sure if she was the aggressor in the incident that happened. I do think they got into a physical fight, and I believe he ended that fight. And I, I hesitate to say he lost control because I think he has an intense amount of control when he yeah. wants to. And well, we saw that. We yeah. saw that in the interview. We saw that in the police interview. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I can definitely see that side. I never mm-hmm. it never even occurred to me actually to think that she may be rehearsing or reciting lines that she would have heard from mm-hmm. him. Something that happens quite often in cases of uh, abuse, especially uh, and domestic violence, is if I tell you you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid, you eventually take mm-hmm. it on yourself. If I tell you, uh, it, it's it's how they ask like your mother's. You know, I'm not going to say anything about your mother. I love your mother. But if I tell you, you know, you're your cousin's a monster. Your cousin's a monster. Your cousin's a monster. Right. Don't be near your cousin. It's causing relation. It's causing issues in our relationship. Yeah. You eventually pull away from your cousin, but then I use those same like you're you're the problem. You're the problem. You're the problem. You isolate yourself from people so you can't reach out for help, and then you internalize what I'm saying to you as a form of abuse. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a good point. Okay. Well, I. I... She states over from her family, and she's standing there saying, "I have the problem. I'm the problem. I'm the problem. I'm the problem." Maybe it's another way of keeping peace. She could also thought, oh, try blaming him, try getting the cops involved. Uh, it's only going to end bad for me. Oh, for sure. Well, what do you think, Michelle? You're the expert. Right. I think, you know, his interaction with the police, it was interesting that he was very chummy with them. He was trying to get them on his side, and he knew that they were on his side in the end. And it's just the, the entire video, watching the entire video in, in its entirety is a sad situation because I think it definitely 
just screams domestic abuse is happening here. This is an abusive controlling situation that she needed to get out of. She needed help, and nobody was helping this girl. And I definitely think that um, I think Brian is using that and using the element of having the support of the police to sort of give him confidence in this situation in that, you know what, they believed me this time. You know, what, what's to say that a, a court of law won't believe me if I end up going to trial? And Always I think really that that's confidence. part of his thinking. Yes, I think that's definitely part of his thinking in that, you know, he it sort of he, he got away with it the first time. The cops didn't even charge him during that event. They didn't charge him during the stop. They didn't even give them a ticket, a speeding ticket. Well, there's an investigation now into those police because of that. And I think what I find right. really bizarre is they're saying there was no uh, proof that he was abusing her. Someone called it in because he'd hit her. It wasn't really a shock. That's it was right. called in because of that. Because That's right. And he specifically said that. Mm-hmm. But if this abuse is going on, what concerns me more is it means it was going on in his parents' home. You're, I, I'm... They had to have been aware. Of Correct. Hundred percent oh, would have been complicit. They they had Correct. to have been aware. Correct. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and I'll tell you just just from my experience, even in front of people, and I know people who are in a domestic violence situation, and even the the aggressor in a domestic violence situation, they hide it very very well. They are. There, it's very. It's a very sort of behind closed doors. I'm going to have one face in front of somebody else, and I'm going to have another to the person I'm abusing. So a lot of times, the people even closest to you never know what's actually going on. They don't. They may see signs, but it's sort of dismissed. You know, as oh, well, he yelled at her, but mm, you know, maybe it was because she she burned the food or something. And there's always an excuse for it. But it's it's hidden very well, I will tell you that. So maybe there were signs here and there, but I can tell you that the the most of the amount of abuse was most likely without the parents being present or without anybody else being present. That makes sense. Guys, we need to go to break. When we come back, we are gonna be chatting some more with Michelle. We're gonna be talking about the Gabby Petito case. We're gonna be talking about Michelle's true crime. I, I, I'm, I'm like, I keep trying to call it YouTube. I don't know what's wrong. Why is everything YouTube? I'm getting old. Um, and, of course, I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, Bear Fjord of the Baddest Bear in the Cage, and Michelle Pence. We'll be right back after this. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day guys, welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fiora, and our very special guest, Michelle Pence, talking about true crimes. I, I, I keep saying podcast, and I want to say podcast on YouTube. I do not, I'm, I've clearly had a stroke. Uh, Michelle, welcome back. Thank you. I want everyone listening, every time I say YouTube, I'm going to donate money to charity, but on top of that, just replace it with 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 TikTok. <laughs> like I, you could. I, I, I'm very medication. <laughs> That's part of the problem. Uh, now you guys were talking about something during the break. I'd really kind of like you to go in here because I found it very interesting. Right. Well, so in response to what you were just saying, you can always mention the website, uh, thecrimeshack.com, just in case you forget about the YouTube. I, I'm going to keep calling it the YouTube. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I need some sleep. Well, anyways, behind the scenes, I was asking uh, you, Michelle, exactly. You being an avid hiker outdoors person, you would have an interesting kind of insight as to the terrain and the lifestyle they may have been uh, going through at the time. So I'm wondering, has that helped you in any kind of investigation sense, any kind of research sense? Does it just help you picture what was going on around them a little bit better? And do you use that to help yourself when you kind of fit this case together to talk about it online? Absolutely. I was actually just in the Grand Tetons last year, and which makes this case super surreal for me. And I went hiking. I was hiking around Jenny Lake out there. It's a, a gorgeous area, but it's also a very unforgiving terrain. So if you're not familiar with that area, I'm sure most of us are familiar that Wyoming is a very mountainous area. Yeah, a lot of unpopulated, um, a lot of unpopulated areas there, and the location where she was was next to a town called Moran. The location where her body was found was near a town called Moran, and it is it's a very common road that you drive up through there. Lots of campground areas, but it is very isolated. It is very desolate, and a lot of hikers out there, but. Those aren't really the common areas to hike, and where she was, where she was located, 
from what I can see in the pictures, was sort of, they said there was a creek there, so we had to allegedly drag her possibly across or carry her, let's say if he did commit the crime, right, carry her across that creek to where she was found. So it wasn't just a short jaunt from where that van was located from those YouTubers who had the video of the van, where that van was located to where her body was found, I believe, was about a thousand feet. So he had uh-huh. to take her quite a ways. Now we do have had to, to say allegedly take her yeah. because legally we have to because reasons. But I, I don't know why. It's like there's a point where I'm like, really, we still have to say allegedly? Like, come on, yeah, but fine. right. <laughs> like, but fine, we will. Uh, do you think he killed her there or do you think he drove her body there? Because one of the things that came up online they were saying is he may have killed her because for days and days and days before on her Insta, pictures of him were being put up, but not pictures of her. And even the writing and different things had changed very much. It had gone from long um, Instagram stories to like one and two word captions for days beforehand. Then he took off. So they're saying he may, people are saying they think he may have killed her a few days before, driven around with her, then dumped her. Huh. Very possible. And one thing that I know it has been mentioned on every, probably every social media platform and on the media, she had posted a particular post on her Instagram of her, it was a Halloween post or an October-themed post. Yes. And if you kind of go through her timeline, you kind of go through her posts, she's very relevant to now to today so there would have been no reason for her to post a halloween post in september absolutely no reason and there were certain things in that particular post that she always does in her normal posts maybe she adds certain hashtags or maybe she talks about them you know adds captions in a certain manner those things were very different in that particular post so that's something to sort of be aware of is i i don't think that she posted that i think he had her phone and he posted it as another diversion or another you know cushion in his timeline of when she was actually dead and i do believe that she was dead prior to that time um do you think that's why where he gave the Mm -hmm. money to the tiktokers he gave the 200 to the tiktokers uh people think he may have done that to make himself memorable that's why he chose so much money for a 10 mile drive to alibi himself saying he's been camping for days It, it could have been that definitely could have been the case. I think everything that he's done from the point where they were last seen to now is to give him a cushion, to give him more space to get rid of evidence, as I believe they said on the news today, that um, you know this amount of time that's gone by is an excessive amount of time for his parents to get rid of evidence, possibly, let's say his parents are complicit in it, his parents to get rid of evidence, to, you know, they could have packed all the evidence in that camper they drove out with, for him to get rid of evidence, for him to scrub the van. All of this time, it's just an excessive amount of time for him to cover up any crime that was done. Do you think as his far parents as were consistent? Uh, Sorry. I, I do... Yes, I do to an extent. I believe that they are being guided by their family attorney and told what to say, what to do, 
every day. I think they're given complete guidance by their attorney as he is given guidance by the attorney. And But I do believe that they absolutely helped him in this situation. Do I believe they covered up the crime or helped to cover up the crime? I don't know if they would have gone think, that far. Do you think they helped him go into hiding? I do. I do. Yes, absolutely. I helped them. I helped. Um, I, I believe that he helped them, uh, that he helped, that they helped him leave the house in that timeline that they said he was, you know, he went in missing or hiding. The parents said he's no longer here. I believe they assisted him in getting away. And I think that was directed by the attorney. I think they said, you need to go away. You need to let this sort of die down and get away from the media, get away from the public while all this kind of settles and we see where this is going to go. We see if they will file charges. We see, you know, we'll see if they indict you. Let's just see what happens and go from there. But I think them removing him from the situation was definitely, uh, you know, I don't want to say it was smart on their end, but it was definitely a planned event. I believe they definitely planned to do it. They planned to get him out of there. And they're, they're protecting, you know, as a lot of people said, they're protecting their son, essentially. They're, they're protecting they're, their son. I've got to say, I think their attorney's a dumbass. Just hear me out on this. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> tactics. No, 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 it's not, it's not the tactic. Legally, that's right. He's, he's instructed them right. Uh. But this is a media frenzy. If they had half a brain, they would have hired a me. Not me personally, because I wouldn't work for them. I think he killed them. But um, they would have hired a media strategist, someone to change the direction of the conversation. And that's really important. In this particular case, when you're fighting public perception, you 100% have to get the public on your side. They invested in an attorney. They should have invested in a media strategist, and he never needed to open his mouth. The leaks could have come from the sister, right. the parents, the friends. They could have arranged for those proper leaks. Like It could have been easily handled, and it wouldn't be the frenzy, but the the, the lawyer sending him off while a media feeding frenzy is at his mm. highest, is just asking for people chasing well, blood. The problem with that, there's no client attorney privilege at that point. They could easily uh, what is is. It, in, uh, indict the media strategist. Okay, what did you tell Brian to do, or what was your plan? I can, t mm -hmm. but you're not talking about doing anything illegal. No, when no, no. It would just come out. It'd be all circumstantial. I, I get that, but it's a media and any media strategist, especially if you hired from entertainment. Mm -hmm. I would never ask if they're guilty or innocent or this or that. It's simply, what do you want perception to be? Then do ABC. If I was Lance Armstrong, he's always my favorite example. He hired one of my friends. What great guy, but not a very good media strategist. Phenomenal at distribution, not a great media strategist, so he doesn't have his medals. If he'd have hired me, there would have been a media storm saying, well, you have an issue with the blood doping. This isn't blood doping. The man's had testicular cancer. Oxygen therapy is recognized for this. Why do you want someone who has been through cancer not to use holistic treatments to make sure it doesn't come back? Like, I could have sold that really well, and Lance Armstrong would still so have his medals. Just so to be doing the race. It had yeah, it had it. nothing to do with it. it. It's a fear of cancer, a legitimate fear of cancer, and that could have easily been pushed out and saved him. This is the same kind of thing. It's not – you have to base things in fact, 
The problem is, in this guy's case, I don't think there's any fact that looks good. Sorry, we got sidetracked. No. I'm going to sure. ask you, Michelle. In, in your no, case, and I was going to... Uh-huh. Sorry. Oh, no, no. You were saying? I was going to add a couple things to the parents and how they're sort of treating this situation. And I think it's something that's interesting is that the not well the lawyer was going to do a press conference but he canceled it mm-hmm. and but their lawyer the family lawyer or Brian's parents neither one have come out publicly during this whole situation of him missing and said hey Brian you know we're we're, we're coming out it's a public plea please you know come out of hiding um let's discuss this or we want to make sure you're safe Nothing has been said. So that in itself is very telling of they know exactly where he is. They're not pleading for him to come in. They're not, they're not making sure he's safe. They know exactly where he is right now. So I think that's very telling. I think the parents would be really smart if they broke into tears, came forward and said, like, we know you're scared. We know you've been hunted by the media. You've been Mm -hmm. through this tragedy, losing your partner. We know you're scared. Like they could turn the tide. Really? They need someone. They need a strategist. (laughs) These people are bad. (laughs) Uh, Just stop. Stop helping him. Yeah. Michelle, I I actually just thought about this right now, and I like getting into the psyche of people when these cases come up. When they started dating, I believe it was back in high school, and unless I'm mistaken, they didn't have, or she didn't have this kind of following or this type of lifestyle. No, they broke up after high school. Right. So he had an experience with her as somebody he could probably control a lot better because there's not the hundreds of thousands, or I don't know what her exact following was, maybe it was in the millions, of other minds mm-hmm. and influence that she could receive on a daily basis. Do you think that might have added he to He already his, had his claws in, you mean? Yeah, he would have had his claws in. Do you think that would have added to his, I guess, level of stress? Do you think he would have been even more aggressive, more controlling, because he feels like he has to compete against all these other people who may be telling her that his behavior is toxic. Yes, absolutely. In in his, I think her whole social media presence, and I think the fact that she was starting a YouTube really bothered him. And it bothered him. It made him feel small. It made him feel inferior. And it really angered him. And I think he took that out on her. And he says that even during the police interaction with the Moab police. He calls her, I think he says, little, her little blog or her little website. He's demeaning it. And I think that's something that really got under his skin and just made him feel very insecure. So right now, yeah, absolutely. I think he's knowing, the, you know, their friends, their mutual friends, her friends are coming out saying, oh, yeah, he was jealous. He was controlling. They fought all the time. They had a toxic relationship. He knows this. And He's, I can tell you, he's terrified of all of that coming out, his behavior coming out, his behavior that's being shown in the media. All of that is just adding up. But at the same token, I think he's definitely counting on the defense of she was the aggressor. She attacked me. It was self-defense. Because that's all he has. That's literally all he has. I, I just keep, want to put out a I keep laughing. Real quick, if you don't mind. I keep laughing through this, and it's like this anxiety response. Mm-hmm. But I'm so angry. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, I see this with so many young girls getting into the entertainment industry, especially on the social media side. There's, I think, a lack of understanding from partners outside of the entertainment industry on what it really takes. 
but I think there's a level of insecurity that exists with people that work on camera in media. And it's almost like he preyed on that. You could see that. Right. I just want to, I just want to say real quick that uh, I, I suggested hundreds of thousands or millions. I didn't realize that she had a thousand followers before, before yeah. this all happened. And in three weeks, she's passed a million. Yeah. That probably gave him some stress. I'm sure that didn't help. Wow. He didn't expect – there's no way he expected her to – catch the national attention the no way, way he happened. did. His I response from was to discard her. I, I would have. Because she did have the followers. If those thousand followers mm -hmm. sent out to 10 people each, that's now 10,000. 10, out of those, if those 10,000 people each sent out to two people, yep. you're at 20,000. Yeah. Those 20,000 mm -hmm. sent out to one person. Realistically, that's how things go viral. That's when we create a viral trend, it works that way. What I think he didn't expect was for the loyalty from those followers mm -hmm. to to push them the way it has. And right, right. Like I look at you, you have about a million followers, Jared. Um, Michelle, I think you're at a hundred and pardon, hundred and seventy-seven thousand. I was going to say 190. <laughs> okay, so 177. That's really good. I like that. And then um, you're, you're a heavily and quickly growing platform. If something happened to you out of that, you know, 177,000, you'd have, let's say, 17,000 that heavily pushed you. It would really, it would go viral. Not that I'm wishing anything happens to you. I like you. I like your channel. I, I like watching you. Please don't go anywhere. Um, but it <laughs> no, would, no I'm like, I'm listening wrong. to how I'm phrasing that. I'm like, I'm literally asking you not to be murdered. Um, but this, this <laughs> I case, hope they will rally together if something happens to me. <laughs> yeah, they, I, they would. It's, they would make memes about me. They'll yeah. put more of my face on semen. Your, your, yours what, would that, make memes. <laughs> but, but hers was a very, very loyal following. And that's what's pushed this viral. And I think what's captured the national attention here is the ease in with which he discarded her. He took someone that, that had her face in front of people that was known to a mm -hmm. degree that was pushing this channel and discarded her like trash, drove home and pretended she never existed. And I think it will be very interesting to see, and I know the authorities have been very tight-lipped about the condition that she was found in and the evidence around her body. But I think it will be very telling of how she was found. If she was wrapped in something, a blanket, um, you know, sheets, whatever, if she was buried, I think that will be very telling of, because I know, you know, just from knowledge of other crimes and how people who very personalized crimes will treat the victim very differently when they discard him. And I think if she's, you know, it'll be very telling to see the condition in which she was put in the area where her body was found. If she was in fact buried or if he just left her out there, if she was clothed, it should so be very interesting. That makes sense. It, it's so mm -hmm. the, the condition that people are discarded in kind of denote the relationship they had to their attacker. Correct. Absolutely. That's really interesting. We have about four minutes left. 
Please tell everyone on TikTok, I got it right this time, Good where job. they can find you. The worst part is I follow you. Like that's, that's the worst <laughs> part of this. You think I could get it right. Um, tell everyone where they can find you everywhere. Yes, absolutely. So on TikTok, you can find me at Shell's Crime Shack. I do many crime cases on there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you can also find me on my website at thecrimeshack.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at the Crime Shack Podcast. And now, you do, as you're saying, you do many different crime uh, crime cases. Besides the Gabby Petito, you also did the Alex Murdoch case. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? I, I did. So that is something that is huge right now as well and seems like a movie in the making, right? This is a wealthy, prominent family in South Carolina that is possibly involved in multiple murders. The wife and son were murdered in cold blood at their home, which, by the way, they still have not caught the murderer or murderers um, that killed Maggie and Paul Murdaugh. So that is still, there's a, either there's a killer out there or we don't know who the killer is at this point. The father has been in the news. He embezzled millions of dollars from his own family's law firm. And he is currently in rehab, in drug rehab. He posted bond. He was arrested for attempting suicide or paying somebody, basically, to shoot him in the head, and it failed miserably. So he is now being charged for that crime, and it came out during that event that he was embezzling money in the law firm. So it's a chaotic situation. It is a made-for-TV crime case that has just enthralled the nation. And definitely, um, I would encourage all the listeners to check out my podcast on that as well, The Murdaugh Murders. Um, that is an ongoing saga, and I will definitely, of course, update all the listeners as that progresses. So you got to get on that shit. You gotta I, 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 I make a movie about that. Well, he sounds like a family annihilator. Like that's that's that. Those always stress me out. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm sure at this point, like American Horror Story would have probably done it. Um, and of course, uh, we've come to the end of the show. I'd love to have you on again and talk about kind of your podcast, what you've got going on with uh, these different cases. I'd love to have you on again because I know we got a lot of questions about some of your other stuff. If you're willing to do that, that would be excellent. I love that. Okay, well, now you've said it on air, so legally you're now bound. You're no, stuck. Now yeah, you're stuck. You're <laughs> um, guys, thank you very, very much for joining us. Check out Michelle Pan. Seriously, follow her. She is amazing. Thank you very much to my co-host Bear Fiorda. This was behind the scenes. I'm Summer Helene. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.